Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Ironically, this is not far from the truth. Do you believe in fate, Neil? No. Why not? Because I don't like the idea that I'm not in control of my life. I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window, or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? That you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. <laughs> and welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we review the film that started a visual effects revolution and spawned two less than ideal sequels with a third that everyone hopes won't be another nostalgic pile of shit. Starring Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, and Lawrence Fishburne, it's 1999's The Matrix. But first, he's the former human battery who really wants you to know that he designed the lady in the red dress. And if you'd like to meet her, he can make that happen for your next portion of creamy white gloop. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Look, if blonde isn't your thing, I've got brunette. I've got redheads. Hell, I'll even go Asian or or something like that. You just, you tell me. And if <laughs> That's so fucking if creepy. You, if you need a D on that bad boy, I'll put a D on that bad boy for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> just oh my tell God. me. what What's your pleasure? Yeah. You got any news for us this week? Oh, you know it. Uh, you want uh, science news or superhero news? I Well, since this is not a superhero podcast, let's go with science news. You say that every week. I do say that every week because it's not a fucking superhero podcast. I'm not yeah. sure when you're going to catch on to that, but I'm, I'm hoping it's soon. 
Never, never. All right. Well, we'll do some science news then this week. I, I'm telling you, it's all science. No superhero. I don't believe all. you. I don't oh, no, believe it you. is. It is all science. You just wait. I've got three juicy good ones here. All right. First one. Uh, you know, China put a rover on the moon, right? On the far side. Yes. Looking, looking. I, think for I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for that. Uh, I don't know what's back there. Transformers, something. I don't know. We'll find out in Moonfall. Transformers, Pink Floyd, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Well, apparently there's also a cube. A cube? Yeah. There's a cube on, there's a cube on the, on the far side of the moon. They put it there? No, no, no. The rover found a cube. So it found a cube. Yeah. 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 So, so the, uh, U2 rover, uh, U2 two, that is weird. Y-U-T-U-2. U-2-2 um, rover is uh, making its merry way around the far side of the moon. And uh, it took a picture um, a few days ago. Uh, and in the distance on the horizon is what, <laughs> what scientists are calling Mystery House. Mystery house. Mystery house. It looks like a cube. Um, there, it's a some sort of square cube-shaped object in the distance. Against uh, They see it against the horizon and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so they're heading that direction. Okay. Uh, it's a, apparently, it's, it's only 80 meters away. Do some quick math. What is that? That's like five feet? Yeah, yeah, it's it's right around five feet, eighty meters. Eighty meters. Yeah, like considering recent. a meter is about three feet. Yeah, it's right at five feet. All right, so do three times eight, two hundred and forty feet, which is less than a football field, right? A little because bit. A f- football field is is three is a hundred yards, which is three hundred feet. Yes. Plus the end zones, which are what twenty yards each or two. Dude, you need to stop before each? you stroke yourself out. Look, I'm today is math day and science day. Yeah. Anyway, so a uh, little less than football field away, uh, it sees this little cube shaped thing. So it's heading that direction to figure out what it is. Uh, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's but it's aliens. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's see what it actually is. Yeah, it's probably it's probably something else, and seeing as it's so far away, the camera can't quite capture it because I don't know the U two two rover doesn't have HD cameras on it, or oh, so this is like some kind of grainy, filmy camera. Probably, it's probably some sort of artifact or something. Here, hold on, let me uh, let me throw this in the super secret uh, Discord channel. There, I sent you a link. Oh, hey, look at that. It even showed the picture. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is like something I took with my first digital camera that was like half a megapixel. I'm telling you, it is the shittiest look at that. That's why I'm like. Why are they saying that's a cube? That didn't even look like a cube. It's squarish. I mean, it kind of looks like a kind of looks like a companion cube, a weighted companion cube, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But it's like it's fallout or uh Half-Life 4, Half-Life 3 is confirmed. It's on the moon. It is. It's on the dark side of the moon. It's on the dark side of the moon. This doesn't look like the dark side of the moon, though. It's awfully light. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they they, uh, doctored the photo a little bit. (laughs) I'm an idiot. So the the dark side of the moon actually gets sunlight. Does it? 
Yes. So the moon is just is uh, oh, the, the okay. face yeah, of the yeah, moon. Yeah, yeah. it's it's tidal locked or tidal lo- yeah. tidally locked to the earth, and so yeah, yeah. yeah, when the moon is between the earth and the sun, the dark side right. of the moon gets gets sun. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how eclipses work, right? Yeah, because you know the moon gets in between the sun, right? right? Yeah. So okay, yeah, it's it's more the far side of the moon than the dark side, side of the moon. Yeah, yeah, but dark side of the moon sounds fancier right it sounds mysterious but yeah this doesn't look like a fucking cube i mean even with the like a, even with this it, grainy ass fucking picture it, looks like it doesn't a square but it doesn't look it's like it's got a, a squarish shape but i mean it's yeah. the the edges aren't tight look it's that's why they're calling it a mystery house it probably has some eaves <laughs> and a little porch uh, you know they're just yeah, the I think I can are see waiting the for somebody there, yeah. to come yeah oh they're just waiting God. for the Somebody to come visit, say hi. So, yeah. So, hey, you know, maybe next week or the week after, one of these weeks, this will pop up on my feed and we'll find out what it is again and I will report it like the good reporter that I am. Oh, I can't wait. You better wait because I might forget. (laughs) What do you got? What else you got? All right. So, um, Scientists have spotted or have found the elusive ghost particle, um, otherwise known as neutrinos. Uh, They have found a ghost particle for the first time inside of the Large Hadron Collider. And they're all excited about it because this is the first time that that anybody has ever found um, a neutrino. Wait, neutrinos are neutral. They don't excite anything, right? I know, but except scientists. Oh. Yeah. Um, but this is the first time it's been found inside of a particle accelerator. Um, so it's, as this article says, the breakthrough opens up a completely new window through which scientists can investigate the subatomic world. Okay, great. I don't know what's going to come of it, uh, but it was a big thing. There was like three different articles from three different places that popped up. Well, they'll be able to they'll be able to take measurements, actual measurements yeah. now that they have the data on the neutrinos and match yeah. that up to the standard model to see if the standard model holds or if it needs right. some some tweaking. Yeah. So so they've been able to see them in um uh they're able to see them in faster than light um slowing medium as as they called it, light slowing medium, like for instance water. Um, so they're able to see, they've been able to see neutrinos in water, uh, because it creates some sort of like faint blue glow in its wake as it's, you know, smashing or, or phasing through us a la flash. Um, (laughs) there's my, uh, there's my superhero (laughs) reference for you. I I had to get it in there. I could hate Um, you. Yeah. Right. So, so, but you know, they've, they've been able to see them and, and do that kind of deal through, through other materials. This is the first time they've been able to do it through a particle accelerator. Uh, so I guess it's pure. If, if that's a, if that's a thing, you know, it's. Well, I mean, it's it's not like subatomic particles can get like contaminated with. Yeah. Contaminated. But, but it's, it's maybe like a pure sample as far as like, uh, less, you know, you don't have to take the water into consideration or whatever when, as far as data goes. So, Hey, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe maybe uh, this will open up a whole new avenue and we'll be able to go visit the uh, alien house on the far side of the moon. Oh, I certainly hope so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so you ready for my last one? Let's do it. All right, so this, uh, some real, <laughs> and I love this, real life scientists have proven something, okay? Keyword, real life scientists, okay? as opposed to like TV scientists or something. Right, uh, who, anyway. who prove things all the time. So it's about right. time those real life scientists get on the fucking ball. Uh, TV know, right? scientists are showing them up and I'm, I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So keyword scientists, so therefore science news, right? I, yeah. I, I don't like where this is going. You're qualifying you like, this way too fucking much. Am I? Am yeah. I? Well, you told me you wanted all science and no superhero. God damn it. Right? Well, anyway, some scientists, some real life scientists have proven that Thanos wouldn't have been able to do a snap <laughs> in Infinity War with you. the glove on. You fucking suck. Yeah. And, and why is fun. this? Why why have the real <laughs> scientists in the world gone to the dark well, I'm side? I'm glad you asked. Oh, damn I'm it. so glad you asked. Uh, so they're saying Thanos couldn't have snapped his fingers while wearing the glove because it wouldn't have actually made any noise. Uh, based off of their um, their research and their, uh, their experiment, the ultra-fast snap of a finger is mediated by skin friction. There's no friction on the glove, therefore Thanos couldn't have snapped his fingers. Um, okay. <laughs> this they, is hey, dumb on well, so many fucking levels. Except they published a paper on it and we can thank the Georgia Institute of Technology. Okay. It this. wasn't an actual snap. It was a symbolic snap. Look, whatever. I don't fucking look, care. This is I know. But hey, you know, that's fine. Now, this article does go on and say, you know, if this would have happened, since he couldn't snap, the blip wouldn't have happened. Um, so, you know, it didn't happen on Earth Prime. It must have happened on a different Earth. Yeah, I don't uh, think I don't think the requirements for the blip were was an actual snap. I think that was just kind of his way of symbolically Poofing people yeah. out of existence. The, I, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. the recipe in the big infinity gem recipe of shit you can do if you have all the infinity gems said you have to make a glove to put all the infinity gems in and then you have to snap your fingers like some to kind do of thing you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think that's part of the recipe. Right, right. Well, they did They did put at the bottom here, uh, the infinity gauntlet bends to the whims of the wearer, regardless of whether or not it made it sound. Thanos is just a sucker for melodrama, and I'm a sucker for bringing superhero news into this show as much as I possibly can. Yes, you are. And we all that's hate all you I for got. it. Yep, and that's all I got. All right, now that you've uh, disappointed everybody with getting superhero news in my science Nobody's fiction podcast again. Nobody's disappointed. Everybody's it disappointed. All science. Everybody. It was all science. Goddamn, I hate you. All science. Let's uh, let's let's hear a, a little ditty from uh, one of the other podcasts that's on the CBC Co-op, shall we? <laughs> Is it a limerick? I, I it's a limerick. God, I hope so, and I hope it's the limerick. Let's find out. It's from STD. That's a uh, spoiler. They die. Let's hear. Oh. Do you like true crime? Oh my God, Cat! You can't just ask people if they like murder. But I'm curious. Well, curiosity killed the cat. Uh. Does that make you curiosity? No, I'm Logan. And I'm Kat. 
And we're the hosts of the true crime comedy podcast, Spoiler They Die. One of us tells a story about a serial killer, a survivor, or basically anything morbid and scary. Also, we're Canadian, in case that matters to anyone. I don't think people listen to podcasts based on people being Canadian or not. People in our Discord server seem to care. Oh, sorry about that, eh? But thanks for listening to us panhandle. I'm Logan, and I approve this message. All right, and that was Spoiler They Die. Definitely go check them out. They're on uh, the CBC Co-op. You can go see their show at creativebraincandy.com. Uh, definitely check them how out there. They're, they're how some- you will see their show? You, you do know how podcasts work, right? No, not anymore. Not after podcasting with you for as long as I have. I've, I've got no Possib- idea anymore. The possibilities are endless when you're with me. You ready for a pod crawl? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Ago. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. What happens when you take one part Alice in Wonderland, two parts Sunday School Easter edition, and let the ghost of Blade Runner have its way with it? The Matrix, that's what. Thomas Anderson, a.k.a. Neo, is a slacker hacker with a side hustle of overpriced bootlegs. When he gets hacked himself, he doubles down after the Nigerian prince thing didn't pan out and follows the shady advice given to him by the digital intruder. It turns out he was hacked by eHarmony because at the club Neo meets Trinity, who tells him that she knows Morpheus and maybe they should have a three-way. Shut up, Rob. Nobody cares what the French call it. Oversleeping for work the next day, Neo Uh. gets chewed out by his boss and after receiving a FedExed phone, finds out he's wanted by the police. Again, he accepts the shady advice of a stranger and tries to escape, but his lack of courage overpowers his naivety when he's asked to walk a balance beam 30 stories above the street. Neo is brought in for questioning where cyberpunk Clint Eastwood agent Smith grills him about his new BFF Morpheus. Neo tells him to sit and spin, so Smith puts a robotic prawn in Neo's navel. Neo wakes up thinking this is all a bad dream until Morpheus calls again saying it's time they meet. Trinity picks him up, but really wants to know what he had for lunch before he meets Morpheus, and on the way pulls out the shrimp cocktail that was implanted earlier. Morpheus introduces himself and offers Neo some recreational drugs, telling him that one pill will roofie him, and the other is basically LSD. Neo chooses to trip balls and after the mirror swallows him, Alice, I mean Neo, wakes up in Wonderland, I mean, the real world. He's covered in goo, has a massive hangover, covered in piercings, and has no clue where he's at, so he's like Jason in his early 20s. He's flushed into the sewers and is picked up by sanitation, where he's rehabilitated and gets to meet the real Morpheus. The real Morpheus doesn't have cool sunglasses, but he captains a ship that floats around the sewers jacking into the most sophisticated virtual reality system ever devised to search for the one. He thinks Neo is the one. He never says why, it's not like Mr. Anderson ever did anything extraordinary in real life, he basically slept through work, pirated music, and yeah, that's it. But Neo is an anagram of one, so Morpheus is convinced. Once Neo is on his feet again, he goes through the Hobo Navy Training Academy, where he learns Kung Fu and gets his ass kicked by Morpheus because Morpheus knows all the exploits. Mouse introduces him to internet porn over a dinner of boogers and cum. Morpheus is ready to introduce him to Madame Chloe to get his fortune read, but Madame Chloe has some bad news. Either Neo or Morpheus is going to bite the big one, and it's up to Neo to decide. She then hands him a roofie cookie and sends him on his way. However, as they get back to the abandoned hotel that is in a city that is basically comprised of abandoned buildings, Neo has a black cat walk across his path and all hell breaks loose. 
The police have the place surrounded, and agents are wearing their skin like windbreakers to get close to Morpheus. Morpheus is captured thanks to the efforts of one of his crew, Cypher. Cypher kills Dozer and wounds Tank, and then pulls the plug on two more crewmates before Tank can recover and torch Cypher with an arc welder. Neo and Trinity escape, and then come up with a plan to save Morpheus before he breaks, and gives the agents the super-secret mainframe password. They bring all the guns ever as well as a big bomb, and shoot their way through the lobby to the elevator. They then rig the bomb to blow up the basement, because they really hate basements, and then head to the roof to fight all the troops guarding the roof against paratroopers. Neo learns some new limbo techniques and Trinity hijacks a helicopter, and then they hover next to the floor holding Morpheus, where they Vulcan gun all the agents while Morpheus drools on himself. Neo tells him if he's coming he better hurry, so Morpheus takes a flying leap, and gives Neo a big hug as they fly away before smashing the chopper into a building. Morpheus and Trinity find an escape, but the phone is destroyed by Smith before Neo can log out, so he takes out his frustration on Smith by hitting him with a train. However, Smith just dons another skin suit, and the agents chase Neo around town for a bit until Neo finds an exit phone where Smith arrives just before him and empties a clip into his chest. In the really real world, Morpheus's ship is being chop-shopped by some sentinels looking for the creamy center, and Trinity tells Neo he's not allowed to die because she was promised some messianic deep-dicking, so he better wake his ass up. Neo wakes up and can suddenly rewrite the world around him as he uses Smith to reenact Fat Guy in a little coat. The other agents run away, Neo logs out of the Matrix online, Tank hits the EMP, which fries the sentinels, and roll Neo griefing the agents by telling them he's banging their moms and coming for them as he flies away. Credits. All right, 1999's The Matrix. It's a sci-fi classic at this point. In fact, they are creating a, or they've created, and it'll release here in just a few weeks, uh, the fourth installment of the Matrix series. It's no longer a trilogy. It's a series now. Uh, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I still like it. It's got some holes. It's got some holes now. Um, still think it holds up, though. Yeah, yeah. If it, in uh, in context to when it was made, yes, I think it if still holds took, up pretty well. Yeah, if you take that story now, um, it is very it, it's dated. Um, well, how for so? One, well, for one, I don't think there's, I don't think landlines exist anymore right. other than inside bu- businesses. Right. They sure as hell don't exist like as rotary phones or whatever. True. Um, and uh, yeah, their phone tech need, needs an upgrade. Their what? Uh, their phone tech, right? Those Nokias, those are. <laughs> those were, those were pretty streamlined for 1999 oh, yeah. though. Oh yeah. Those were hot. Those are hot commodities in 99. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it still holds up. Um, the, the special effects, uh, some of them are, are a little rough, but some of them are still kind of cool. I, um, so I think the special effects still really hold up. I think the special effects are at least as good as anything we've gotten in any of the new MCU Spider-Man movies. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. There was there was a couple there was a couple of them that, and and, and I, this is really foreshadowing later. Uh, you know the fight scenes with Smith and Neo, they're a little rough in the next 
few movies. Um, yeah, you kind of <laughs> yeah. saw it. You kind of saw it in this one during the uh, uh, the subway uh, jumping at each other scene. Um, you know where they're where they're shooting bullets at each other at that bullet time montage where they're Superman in. Yeah, but um, I think that was done with practical effects, and then they just kind of slowed yeah, everything but, down, and then put the bullets for the bullet yeah, time. And but I looked, but I looked at their face. They they did some stuff to the faces a little bit. Um, they weren't, at least to me, they looked a little off, or uh, not glossy, but smooth. Let's put it that way: smooth. Okay. Well, they may have but, composited that point, but I know that there yeah. was a lot of wire work done. Oh, in this yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they hired a they hired a stunt coordinator that did, you know, the Chinese wire work stuff. Yeah, wire foo. Yeah, yeah, wire foo. I mean, they were. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I learned. I read it a little bit. Learned a little bit. You didn't this. read anything. Stop I lying. Did. No, I you looked did. at pictures. Well. I mean, that's reading. Oh, it's not. We keep trying to tell you it's not. It's not. Look, look. Yeah, it is. So had I have a couple, I have a, I have three quabbles uh, that never really presented themselves until now because you forced me to analyze these movies (laughs) um, so that I can bring content to this show. Um so when we get there, I've got three quabbles. But that's, right. other than that, I I thought this, yeah. Um, no, I, I think it holds up. Twenty two yeah. years later, I think oh, it, yeah. I think it holds up. The story isn't you know super complex, but I mean it it really doesn't need to be. And I think as a standalone movie, I think this this movie works as well. I don't think we needed. I I honestly don't think we needed two and three. I don't think I I know so, what they were trying to do. They were trying to build a world off of this movie. I think the this movie had such a success that they really wanted to like, you know, create a franchise. Well, they did. They they tried to create a they created a video game which I played. Uh, wasn't video game wasn't too terrible. It was your standard movie tie-in video game. Um they so created So which video game are you talking about? You're talking about The Matrix Online? No, 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 not that one. I never okay. played that one. That one could burn in hell. Um, uh, what is it? In, end of the Matrix? Into uh, the Matrix. Into the Matrix, I think, is is what it was, that, that video game. One where it was, it, it was, it happened between Matrix and Matrix Reloaded. Reloaded was the second one, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 video game was the one with uh, where they had uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all that in it, uh, and it was kind of like one of those, hey, this is what happened to catch you up in between these two movies. Yeah, I never played um, that one. It it was like I said, it wasn't terrible, but it it was just your standard, you know, movie tie-in. Um. Similar to, I would say, Spider-Man in turn, you know, or or Marvel Avengers right now, you know, where it's just the the punch and kick type game. Oh, the Avengers game sucks, though. Well, I'm just saying that that style, punch and kicking, and that kind of thing. I'm not so, saying kind of like just a third person action. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, third third person action. There's a couple uh, ship chase sequences in there. 
um, you know, like temple run type sequences where you got to dodge the shit as you're flying through the tubes. Oh, I hate those. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but it wasn't bad it, uh, at the time. I mean, when it wasn't terrible, I've, I've played worse. Um, yeah. So, so, oh, and then you had the animatrix. Uh, yeah. Did you ever watch that one? Yeah. I've got those. Yeah. Yep. I've got that as well. Um, I thought those were pretty decent. Um, yeah. The, the, the stories that were kind of tangential to the yeah. matrix that they came out with after the matrix. So those were good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they always, they always had a trilogy in mind or do you think, cause I haven't done any pre-reading on that or do you think the other two showed up because the studio went, Hey, Wachowski brothers or sisters. Um, they're known as just the Wachowskis now. Well, okay. Whatever. Um, give us something. We want more matrix. That's a good question. And I don't know the answer to that to that. I, I would say four years between the the first one and the second. Right. Yeah. I would suspect with that long of a time between the first and the second that they may have had some ideas for some follow-up movies, but I don't think that anything was written. I think that, uh, and, and with the poor quality that we got with the second and third movies, um, that kind of shifted some of the mythology from the first one. I think that it probably wasn't planned. Uh, the second and third were, were just kind of tacked on to expand the universe or, or world build to kind of cash in on the success of the first. Yeah. I don't, I, now, know, I, I know that know. the second and third movies were done at the same time. Yes, they were done at the same time, released six months apart. Um, I did some quick looking here. Uh, I mean, they made some money. Oh, they yeah, made, yeah. All three made, made money. Sh- they made some shit ton of money on, on the second one. Hundred. Uh, the budget was 127 to 150 million. They made 739 million. Jeez. Yeah, they made a shit ton. Um, became the highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Number two did until Deadpool sh- took it over. But Deadpool's a better movie. Well, yeah, yeah. But now, <laughs> number three didn't make near as much. About half. Well, because number two uh. <laughs> was, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, okay. Everybody was excited for number two because Mm -hmm. the first one was so good. And then after everybody got out of number two, they were like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. 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 So, um, did you, were you able to follow, were you able to follow the story pretty well the first time? Do you remember? Yeah. The first time I saw the matrix. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there was there was a lot of allusion to Alice in Wonderland. It was kind of a oh, yeah. reverse Alice in Wonderland, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's tons of allusions to uh, the story of Jesus in in here. Uh, one of the philosophy books that they actually showed in the movies, uh, Simulacra and uh, Simulations. Um, there's there's a lot of themes. Uh, from that well, book in the movie. I'm, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't want to have to try to pronounce that. Um, 
the cast and uh, the prince and most of the crew, you know, the main people of the crew, they had to read those two books. They Simulacra and Simulations is one yeah. book. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a single oh, fucking yeah. book. Yeah, there it is. It's I, see it. I see it. French philosopher. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they had to read that. Uh, that was like required reading um, for everyone that was on it. Uh, now, ne- uh, Neo, uh, Keanu had to, he ended up reading a bunch of other stuff uh, before they even opened up the script. No shit. Yeah. He had to read uh, Out of Control by Kevin Kelly. The new biology, yeah, the new biology of machines, social systems, and the economic world, and then Dylan Evans' ideas on evolutionary psychology. Okay, I've read that one. Yeah, he had to he had to read all of that, and had to all had to explain all the philosophical nuances involved with it before they would start doing stuff. Oh, geez. Yeah, isn't that... Holy shit. Eventually, he was able to explain it all, Um, but they wanted wanted everybody to be able to understand, bare minimum, understand it and explain the Matrix based off of that French philosopher's book. Jesus. For the principal cast and crew, yeah. The Wachowskis are freaking like slave drivers. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, that's some heavy fucking reading. It is. Well, Moss uh, had difficulty with it, uh, it says here. Wikipedia, holder of all knowledge. She struggled. No shit. I would have fucking struggled. Yeah. I mean, I've pieced through uh, Simulacra, and I've read the the evolution of psychology. Um, But, yeah, the Simulacra is just basically symbology and culture. Um, I thought it was kind of a... More, I, it wasn't what I was expecting the book to be, but it's it's actually an interesting read. It's it's pretty heady shit, and I didn't understand some of it, but but yeah, the uh, the the rest of those it sounds like pretty fucking heavy reading too, and and yeah, yeah, wow, okay, no, thank you. All right, I don't so need that sweet sweet paycheck. Yeah, no shit, and he had to read all of those. God damn, yeah, man, yeah. that that's something that uh, I wonder if Will Smith would have read all that. Do you think Will Smith could have done this? I don't as well? know. I don't know. I mean, Will Smith's one of those interesting actors. I mean, he's he's got a pretty broad range, but yeah. The at the time that this was filmed, I don't know that Will Smith had really explored his dramatic acting side very much. He was, right. he had done Independence Day, right? Uh, yeah, Independence Day and uh, Men in Black, I think. Yeah, but Men in Black was like an action comedy. So that was, well, that was kind of no, right up, saying. that was kind of right up Will Smith's alley. Independence Day wasn't so much a comedy, but it was definitely an action flick. And this is definitely an action flick, but it's a, it's a neo noir action flick. So it's very dark in tone and, there's really no comedy in it. Yeah. I don't um, know that Will Smith so would have he thrived. did he did six days six degrees of separation. Oh, that's right, that's right. He did that pretty early uh, in his career. Yeah, so uh ninety two uh no, so six degrees of separation was in ninety three. Uh this one came out in ninety nine, but they started filming in ninety seven, right? So 
Uh, he would have done Men in Black, Independence Day, Bad Boys. That's what people would have seen by then. Yeah. Made in America. Um, I think he had like a, yeah, apparently he had some sort of, that's a Whoopi Goldberg and, uh, Ted Danson. I've never seen it. Yeah. And apparently Will Smith is featured in it, you know? Ah, anyway, no, I know he hadn't been in a lot yet. And then of course, Fresh Prince, right? Well, yeah, Fresh Prince, but I mean, that's, that's really where he cut his like teeth. Yeah. So six degrees of separation, he was really good in. So he had kind of stretched his dramatic legs um, a little bit. I don't think it would have been the same movie, and I'm not sure it would have been as successful a movie with, with Will yeah. Smith in it. Yeah, I don't because think so. this was this was at the height of Will Smith being Will Smith. I mean, yeah. this he had he had really started to come into his own. Uh, it, you know, his, his star was rising and he was, he was kind of peaking at the, uh, at about this point. Yeah. I, I think it would have been Will Smith as Neo instead of, you know, Neo. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think it would have been as convincing a role if Will Smith had been in it. Not, not to take anything from Will Smith. I mean, he's, he's a great actor. I just don't think he'd had the maturity in his, but again, he was really good in Six Degrees of Separation, so I'm not quite sure about that. Was he was he a main character? Was he the head lead? Yeah, actor? he was. He was the main character. He was. He was oh, okay. basically the. I wouldn't call him an antagonist in that movie, but he was the focus of the movie. Yeah. Okay. Have you never seen Six Degrees of Separation? No. Nope. Never have. Oh yeah, he basically plays a, a con man. Who's conning a bunch of rich people out of money? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I just never got. Yeah, it's got Donald got Sutherland and yeah, Stalker Channing. Yep, Stalker Channing, and yeah, he's got it's got a stacked cast. Yeah, he's the unknown in that cast, and he does a really good job. Okay, what else you got? So the the soundtrack. This is a banging fucking soundtrack. Oh man, I have I have the soundtrack. Yeah, I do I've too. Got, and I will listen to it occasionally. Yeah, and it's like, yep. I yep, mean, the score is. is the weak part of the soundtrack, and the score is still, you know, it's iconic. You you hear that those those trumpets, that trumpet chord that they play. Yeah, and you know where that comes from. And the score isn't bad. I mean, it's not something I would listen to, but the the tracks that they included on this soundtrack is, is fucking awesome. I mean, it's, it's definitely a sound of its time. I mean, it's, it's a ton of fucking electronic dance, but it's still fucking, it's awesome. It is. I liked it. It's, I, I recognize it every single time. So you want, you want to hear some quabbles? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about your quabbles. All right. All right. So let's start with the first one. Um, uh, we're kind of going in reverse order here though. Uh, first one, Neo's heart stops, right? In the real world. Yep. Yeah. How does it start back up out of nowhere? Well, I mean, that's they not... They don't They don't defib him or anything like that. Yeah, but I mean, that's... It happens. It does? Yeah, Flat line and then you come back? hearts can stop and then start again. Yeah. Just because your heart stopped doesn't mean you're totally, totally dead. I mean, you've still probably got some electrical activity going on in your body. It's possible that your heart could stop or start again. 
without without intervention like it's not probable yeah it's not yeah. probable but it's i mean i would have possible i would yeah okay so i would have been okay with that if if trinity you know was like you can't die on me and then like banged on his chest Right, right. You know, wake up, damn it. No, I'm a heartbroken girlfriend that doesn't know I have a boyfriend yet. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Um, I would have been okay with that. And then that, like, kicks him kicks him up and he goes, right? Yeah, kickstarts his heart, yeah. Yeah, kickstarts kick him. He gets back up and he's good to go. Okay, so there's that one. Okay. Minor, minor quabble. Uh, but that brings me into the next one. Morpheus in the dojo talks about, you know, hey, this is it's just a simulation. Do you think that you're actually breathing air? Um, since it's a simulation, you can bend the rules and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Right. And break so, even some of them. Yeah. And break some of them. So you know that it's a simulation. You know, your mind knows that this isn't real. Wouldn't mind over matter taken, uh, because you know, they're like, Oh, you know, you get punched in the gut and it hurts, and your body thinks it's real and you're spitting blood and all this. You know, they show that. Mm-hmm. Why can't it go the other direction and be like, Ah, you're shooting bullets at me? I don't care, I'm bulletproof, bitch. Well, that, that's what they showed at the end. Well, so that, with that, Neo, that's, that, but I'm saying other people, though. Well, that's the whole thing is other people, their minds can't totally accept the fact that they're not in the real world when they're in the Matrix. There's still some of that, uh, some, some of okay. that mind uh, trap there where it says, OK, this isn't this isn't real, but eh, isn't it? So their minds okay. aren't totally disconnected from the Matrix. They can't totally fully believe that they're in, in control. And it was only oh, Neo no. that was able to, at the very end, after he, you know, rose Died. from the dead. Uh, on the was, third day. Yeah, on the third or third minute, whatever you want to call yeah. it, um, was able to, to rise up and actually see the Matrix for what it was and, and is able to control the world around him. So that, that, that's the whole point of that theme. Yeah. Okay. All right, your third quabble. Um, the next one that I have is um you know they talk about the uh uh mainframe right zion's mainframe right um how not not taking the other two into consideration the other two movies how did agent smith expect to get into the mainframe when it's air gapped i don't think it's air gapped i think the ships can still communicate okay, with but, it which means there's some sort of wireless communication between them right oh main you think out. yeah well you think that but but they also made the comment of um they also made the comment of there is uh you know get up to broadcast depth right sure they said that at some point so it makes it sound like to get into the matrix you've got to be up high or you know less yeah you've, you've got to be at a at a place where you can get to the uh, get to the wireless signal sure right right okay so 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 you're thinking zion has got some sort of wireless signal as well well yeah if, they, if they're going to broadcast depth then yeah but i mean they never they never uh, speak with zion they never make mention of the fact that you know they can communicate with zion during in this particular movie right so in my mind you're worried about machines taking over 
Um, you don't want the machines to get into your network. Why is it not all hardlined? Well, I mean, because well, that would really hamper communications between, you know, the ships that you have out there and, you know, central command. Okay. I just, you gotta, you gotta have some way to communicate out and sure. It's a security well, radio. risk, radio, radio. It's not on your network. Use radio. True. But radio is easier to intercept than like an encrypted wireless you know code. What? Cell phones. They all were carrying Nokia's. They could <laughs> yeah, use the I'm cell sure phone. there's, I'm sure there's great cell signal down underground. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know. I mean, but that was my, my, my thing. You know, they, they make this big old mention of it, but then you never see anything and, and you, you're like, okay, it's one ship. They're going after one ship. Great. You get the codes. What then? I mean, well, and, and even, if it, Zion? Yeah, we even if it was hardwired, you could just take, you know, some sentinels or whatever robots that you have out there and you could just insert the code into the mainframe. Once you have the password to get in. Yeah. You just jack into wherever the hard line is, I guess. And since you got the password, you can get in and then shoot in your Agent Smith virus. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, th those were just those. That's that's what I had. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have many. I don't really have any quabbles with the movie. I mean, sure, there was some. I, I guess the one quabble that I might have is they they kind of flip flopped and on on the whole fate thing. So the Oracle seemed to know what was happening. Uh, she seemed to be able to tell the future, which would indicate some sort of fate. But then, um, Neo was kind of an anti fatalist, right? He was uh, he didn't believe yeah. in fate. He he wanted to have control over his own life. So the the, the movie thematically just kind of flip flopped on that and didn't really land in a, in a specific position, but because not, it, it did prove the Oracle's, um, prognos prognostication. Wow. Right. Yeah. It did. It did prove the Oracle's prognostication. True. Neo or Morpheus died and it ended up being Neo, but what she didn't mention, or maybe she didn't even see was that Neo was going to come back. And Morpheus said that she told him, what he, what he needed, needed to hear. Yeah. 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 So when she said, you know, when she said to Neo, you're not the one, do you think she was lying to him or did she mean that Neo wasn't the one in his current incarnation that he had to die and be reborn or come back think, to life before he was the one? Uh, so I think I, I didn't take it that far. I think, I think she was saying you're not the one right now. Because you don't think you're the one. Uh, you know, he was still on the fence on whether or not all of this stuff was true. Um, and I think, it, I don't think he necessarily had to die, but I think, uh, I, I think he just had almost like accept or be open to it, be open to that possibility. And so how I do think, you think the Oracle was able to, to see the future? Uh, well, well, uh, let's see, Jason. Um, there, this was a prophecy. This has been a prophecy foretold for generations. Dare say, dare say I that 
Maybe this is even a cycle that has happened before. Right. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. And you know what? I don't even think that she's real. I you think don't? she might I think she might be part of the system um, designed to keep the humans entertained. Wow. So you think she's in on it. This is just a huge conspiracy and she's actually in on it. I think I think so. I so I think yeah, I think so, but I think she has ulterior motives uh in in terms of it. You know, she's helping humans actively break free. I think I think she wants I think she's tired of the status quo and wants to shake things up a little bit. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, if that's the case, then she could probably change her appearance, huh? If she is indeed a computer program, there's a complete possibility that uh you know, who's to say that she doesn't, uh, she's not the lady in red. Very, very true. You got any awards? <laughs> yeah, but you don't <laughs> want to hear my haiku first. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got a haiku that you got to do. What's your haiku? Yeah. I don't, I don't have a haiku. I didn't get that far. No, I'm just killing. Just kidding. You're just killing. killing? I'm just killing. I'm just killing time. Uh, this one is titled Pill Poppers. Human batteries. Leather Trinity looks good. Neo knows Kung Fu. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so did you think Trinity was a little hot tamale back then? No, no. Trinity. No? Carrie Ann Moss has never really done it for me. Okay. So I, I will I will say Front side moss, not so much. Um, backside moss, she's got a tight ass. <laughs> so, and that leather was nice. So you Especially, hate to see her leave, you just like to watch her walk away? Uh, uh, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and that was another thing that I didn't... <sighs> there was a lot of leather... Well, vinyl and leather, yeah. Vinyl, yeah, a lot of shiny leather. That's the uh, that's the whole cyberpunk aesthetic, and that was really the popular aesthetic back then too. So, yeah, it fits. Yeah, I just kind of dark. It was. I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and 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 so the wife asked, "Why are they always wearing sunglasses?" Like, because uh, they're cool. I was like, "Yeah, because they're cool," and then I'm also like. Uh, be, it kind of symbolizes the fact that they know that this isn't real, I guess. Oh, I another know. design aesthetic that I thought was very subtle and I, I loved was the fact that anytime they were in the Matrix, everything, all the colors were biased towards a green hue. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And more so later. Yeah, I mean, With, well, I mean, just throughout. And, and the more, well, yeah, but I'm saying like in the other films, it, Oh yeah, yeah. In the other films, it's it's overpowering. I mean, you definitely see it more, yeah. but it was it was a lot subtler in this film, and and you kind of notice it, but it doesn't trigger into your mind until I think I was it was the second or third watching that uh, that it finally clicked. Oh yeah, everything's kind of a greenish tint in here, yeah. and so they must be mm. in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. All right, awards. You got any? I do. Who's got your black lung? Um, I gave it to the Oracle. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> she Fucking lit up. Smoker. Yeah, she lit right up. And I mean, as much as much smoking as she was doing, those cookies couldn't have tasted good. You don't think so? No, no, they were probably full of ash. <laughs> she doesn't make cookies with ash. Well, she's sitting there smoking while she's kneading the dough. You don't know that. You didn't see her eat. Oh, you don't I need just, cookie dough. You don't even know I how mean, to make cookies. You mix it. You mix it. Well, anyway. You mix it, but you don't need it. Look, who's got your head lush? <laughs> who's got your head lush? I asked you first. I don't care. I'm the host. Who's got your head lush? You don't have one. You're waiting to hear what I say. I and do I'm have gonna one. Say, I'm going to say it's Cypher and the bathtub hooch he was enjoying. I'm going to say it's Dozer because he created the bathroom bathtub hooch to get drunk and clean engines. Right. Okay. All right. I'm all right with that. It's bathtub hooch. All right. Who's got your uh, player award? So this one could have been easy and that you could have given it to Cypher for playing the group and flipping sides. You could give it to uh, the, the agents for playing Neo and trying to find out where Morpheus is. But no, no. I went with Mouse. I went with Mouse and his... Red dress hottie. He didn't play anything though. He just oh, created that you, out of whole cloth. You you know what he does with that thing. I know, but I don't want to know. I don't want to think about it. And think about it. He oh. was pimping her out. He was. He is a player. He's pimping his goods. I, I don't think that's what that means. Well, great. I just wanted to bring the red hot hottie into this, okay? I know. I know. Yeah. So I'm not sure who gets my player award. I kind of want to give it to Oracle for, you know, hooking Trinity up to Neo. She kind of planted that seed. Okay. And Trinity, I kind of want to give it to Neo because, I mean, he was, he wasn't even trying and he got Trinity to, to hook up with him. And that's kind of how she knew that he was the ones because she kind of fell in love with him. So I don't know who's going to get mine. Maybe I'll, I'll split it between the Oracle and, and Neo. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Purple Hippo, who's getting that? Oh. Oh, I give it to Neo and his rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Neo gets my rabbit hole or gets my Purple Hippo as well. Yeah. For getting, you know, digitized out of the matrix and then oh, you know, yeah. flushed down into the sewers. Uh, yep. And then, you know, acupuncture, you know, uh, electro muscular mm-hmm. stimulated. Yeah. He, he had a fucking yeah, mind yeah. trip. So, and then yeah. turns out that, uh, he's the savior, savior of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he knows Kung Fu. And he knows Kung Fu. Yeah. And he becomes John or yeah. John Wick. Mm-hmm. In number four. Because he's got his long hair in number four. Well, he becomes like. John Wick, yeah. And then yeah. he goes back to being Neo. No, no. I think he goes into the Matrix as John Wick. No, see, that's that's the thing is I think he's in the Matrix. I think he's living John Wick's life in the Matrix just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. And then in Matrix 4, I don't know, the robots kill his dog in real life. And so he's going to come out and kick their ass. Makes sense. I'll watch it. We're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you don't have to announce it. I think everybody knows. 
It's not anything new. All right, so next week we are going Stop. to continue our Matrix coverage and run up to the Matrix 4 release. And we're going to cover The Matrix Reloaded. It's where Freedom Fighters Neo, Trinity, and Morpheus continue to lead the revolt against the machine army, uh, unleashing their arsenal of extraordinary skills and weaponry against the systematic forces of repression and exploitation. It is 2003's The Matrix Reloaded. So um, I'm getting ready to start dunking on this movie because... I'm not real happy with either two or three. And I think it was, I don't know which one I don't like more. Well, maybe, maybe you will change your tune on this go around. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, so I got a question for you before you do your outro. What? So is this coming out this Friday or next Friday? Oh, what the hell? We'll do it next Friday. Next Friday, the 17th, right? Coming out on the 17th. So this episode. Yeah. It's coming out on the 17th, yes. Okay. So, well, that's important because we, we should let people know that they should uh, look for us on the 19th as well for our annual holiday get-together. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, we're going to do, do the holiday edition of CBC Brainstorm on the 19th, and uh, we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll do that live mm-hmm. as well as yep. uh, post it out to uh, all the usual places. Yep, and more than likely it'll be in the evening, uh, probably about, what, 6 o'clock? No, no, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock BTZ. 4 o'clock that's BTZ, time. that's 3 o'clock Eastern, uh, that'd be 6 o'clock Pacific, yeah. And we'll send out announcements on, on Discord yeah. as well as, as probably Twitter, so. Yeah, but not on TikTok, we don't TikTok. What's TikTok? Exactly. There you go. Exactly. We're too old for TikTok. Something like that. Or maybe I've just got too much dignity for TikTok. All right. I would too. That's uh, all we've got for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix My Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at status underscore podcast. Or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. And make sure to visit Creative Brain Candy for more great shows and other creative works at creativebraincandy.com. For this week, I'm Jason. Look, if you're into the dick and the boobs, I can do that too. Oh my God. You just, you just tell me. Um, anything. I, I can program whatever you want. Tentacle Huntai, Crowley, I'm on it for you. I know that's what you like. Uh, We'll talk to you next week.